It's time to get it, and you know how we get it. Americano! The podcast about all things business and personal growth with your host, Eric Vonheim. Today, I would like to welcome Pune Mashadi to the show. Pune, how are you doing? Hello, Eric. How are you? I am fantastic. And for our listeners out there, you are quite stylish today, I must say. Um, really beautiful green outfit with a lot of vibrance today. I love the energy that you always bring into the room. Thank you, Eric. First of all, it's such a pleasure to be sitting across from you once again. Once again. And uh, it's been a long time. This COVID has kept everybody apart. It really has. You know, I feel like that's just the common denominator right now. Everybody has a COVID story. That's very true. So... What's your COVID story? Because, you know, I have some things on my mind. I, I, you're, you're extremely active on Instagram. And is it fair to say that you really got into cooking a little bit more often? <laughs> I knew this was going to You go. knew it, it was going to come up, people. Um, w- tell us about the, the cooking with your husband, because let's just start right there. Okay, well, it's the little Giada in me that came out during COVID. <laughs> okay. So I love Giada, and she's an um, adorable, petite Italian um cook yeah and uh, my husband loves cooking loves loves cooking whether it's food or pastries it doesn't matter so we got super bored during covid and uh, i started to see everybody you know cooking in their kitchen and i thought hmm this sounds like fun so we went and we bought the microphones and you know the halo rings for lighting and and we just we didn't practice we just went right into it I, I love going right into it because when you practice, it seems like it's really, um, you know, kind of planned. And right. Set. So we just had a lot of fun and it kept us busy and not bored during COVID. Yeah. It seemed like you guys just had such a great time and you did this with your husband. Yeah. He's, he's so cute. He kind of goes along with everything I say. And then not knowing the little uh, social media monster came out of him and he just took really? it and ran. He's like, this is what we're going to do tomorrow and the day after that and the day after So he ran this like a project plan. Oh, yeah. He loved it. Loved so it. you guys took, I mean, it, so what I'm hearing is it started out as sort of just a fun little thing. Hey, why don't we, why don't we try this out and, and share some of our love for food with, you know, some of the people on Instagram and elsewhere. And it just turned into this production. It did. And you know what we're struggling with now? Now we're getting tons of inboxes on what to cook next but when we speak <laughs> english the the persian community wants us to only speak farsi and when we speak farsi the american community wants us to speak english so we don't know who to make happy oh and now gosh. we do a little bit mixture of both so farhad will say some things in farsi and i will say translate it into english and it ended up becoming a you know twice as long process right. but we don't know who to keep happy but you know what? Yeah, you know, but, it, but hey, here's the benefit is like uh, everybody's learning, you know, some of the English speakers are learning Farsi and Farsi's learning English. Absolutely. Right, my, my husband was a little embarrassed at first because he's a uh, serious structural engineer and he does so many amazing homes in Newport and Corona Del Mar. Yeah. But his clients started contacting really? him saying, you know, my wife was watching this Instagram story and saw you cooking. If you're, <laughs> and he just puts his hand on his head and goes, oh, my God, Pune, look what you've done. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, it's an added service now. Structural go. engineering plus <laughs> phenomenal food recipes. Two for one. <laughs> I love it. So it sounds like for you, COVID was, um, there was some fun in there, even though, yeah, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world and a lot of tragedy. But it sounds like you took the opportunity to really look inward 
uh, from a family perspective and, and build from there. Absolutely. You know, like they say, when you get dealt lemons, you make lemonade. So, um, you know, unfortunately, it's an unfortunate situation that we're still all going through right. um, the repercussions of COVID. But uh, I truly believe, you know, what you send out in the universe, you get back. Um, so, you know, yes, we did all get dealt lemons. And mm-hmm. the only thing we really can do is make something positive out of it because we don't have any other choices right so we decided to just you know enjoy the time that we did have at home because we knew it was not gonna last forever mm-hmm. and uh spent it cooking together spent it with family when we could see them right because we couldn't even see our parents or you know other family members for for a good three or four months um you know, we just kind of made the best of it. And we, we got to spend a lot of time together because we don't get that opportunity. We get an yeah. hour in the morning and maybe two hours at night, you know. And that's it. That's it. So. It is interesting, you know, the, the story that you share about, um, you know, just some of the focus that you guys you had during this time. It, it seems to me that a lot of people took this opportunity um, for those that actually grew in this in this time. They, they kind of evaluated where they were spending their time pre-COVID, right? And I think it allowed people to really sort out what was important, what wasn't important. Absolutely. For you personally, do you feel like there's definitely some changes that you will, you have made or will continue to make as we continue to sort of reopen post-COVID? You know, that's a very interesting um, uh, question that you say, because I think many of us, even if we don't realize it, we've so in some ways, we've benefited from COVID. I don't know if benefited is the correct word. I think we've mm-hmm. we've learned some things during COVID. And those things we learned, we can start applying in our everyday life. Um, personally, and I know you and I somewhat discussed a little bit of this, but, uh, you know, during COVID, you really uh, get to really know people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what categories to put them in. You know... Um, which people genuinely care, which people genuinely um, is just business oriented. Right. And I always say on less than one hand, you got to have very close friends and everyone else just have respect for them and be acquaintance, be, be as just of acquaintance with each other. And then you have your business clients. Of course. And all that. So I've benefited a lot knowing, um, getting to know people much better Yeah. in a different light. Very, very cool. You know, that story that you share reminds me of when I was growing up, you know, um, I had a lot of friends, you know, I, or at least I, I felt like I did. And I remember my mom explaining to me that, you know, as you kind of move throughout life, you're going to be able to count your hand, your friends on one hand. And I thought, no way, this is just crazy talk. Right. <laughs> right? I see. What are you doing? Moms are always right. <laughs> and uh, she said, no, those, those will be your, you, if you're lucky, you can count them on one hand. The rest will be acquaintances. Right. And I, and I think it, it definitely aligns with what you're, with what you're sharing. And so I can definitely appreciate that. And because the other factor, right, is that we have um, a different perception as to what a friend is. Right. right? And generally speaking, I don't know what, what your opinion is, but you know, for me, it's also somebody that's picking up the phone to reach out and see how you're doing when they don't want anything. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, consistent with that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've definitely encountered that as well. And um, absolutely. I mean, it's not just for good times. It's not 
uh, just for work. It's not just for benefits. It's it's really just somebody that genuinely cares how you're doing or to wish you a happy birthday right. during COVID or to, um, you know, a lot of aspects. And I think one big mistake we all make is that we allow ourselves to listen to other people's um, falls and gains mm-hmm. in order to put particular people in perspective of the person that's sharing their story with us, right. as opposed to us f- finding out on our own um, what type of people that person is that they're explaining. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. This, so it does make sense. For um, instance, if I maybe have an interaction that maybe you wouldn't like with that person, I would not expect you to automatically pick up on my intuition on that person. Correct. So I, I think that's one thing that, um, you know, I think since we all had so much time to talk to each other, you Correct. know, us women, we love talking. Really? That's what gets us really? in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel sometimes a man talks and they get in we trouble need, too. <laughs> we need Orange County, not housewives, but husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, unfortunately, I, I truly believe that. I think, you know, women are more emotional mm-hmm. and men are, um, I can't say all men are all women, but overall women are more emotional and men just, you know, men don't have that drama. Men just mm-hmm. see each other. Hey buddy, how's it going? And yeah. they leave it there when they see each other again. Hey, how was this? How was that? Women, we kind of carry things with us mm. and it's just the way our, our, Bodies built, a you bit know. The wiring, right? Of course, we're yeah. just a little bit more emotional. We carry things more emotionally, and um, I think a lot of times we can learn a lot from men, and vice versa. Men yeah. can learn a lot from women too. I'm always learning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a student. I'm a student. I, I I strongly believe that women run the world. So you know, uh, we have definitely a lot to learn. Yeah. So you know, beyond this uh, this COVID chef life of yours. Um, <laughs> I mean, for our guests, our listeners out there, I want you to know that uh, that's just one of uh, Pune's many talents. But, you know, really, the, 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 what I want to talk to you today about is your business. Um, you are a successful female entrepreneur, and you've been in business for many, many years. And uh, for our listeners out there, I was fortunate enough to, to meet Pune um, many years ago now, even though it feels just like yesterday. Yes. And what really stood out for me is that you've always been consistent in terms of just, you've been very, you're such a humble person. You're such a genuine soul, very kind. Um, I've always observed how you've treated others around you and how others treat you. And that says a lot about one's character. And then obviously I got to learn more about your business and what you're doing. And it seems to me that it's, it's definitely something you're passionate about. You've, You've had ups and downs and you've worked through those challenges. And I just wanted to see if we could talk a little bit about that today, because I know beyond the brand, um, which is uh, Golden Caviar Skin Care, is that there's a story behind that brand and there's there's be- the beginnings. And I kind of want to start there. So before you got into business for yourself, what were you doing? <laughs> I mean, where does it where did it begin? Well, before I say anything, yeah. Eric, you know, I'm actually very humbled that you, um, that w- I was lucky enough to have you as a part of our uh, anniversary event, which was, what is it, two years? No. A couple a, of years, maybe? A year and a half or something like that. Yeah. Just, just a few weeks before COVID started. 
So I was very lucky to actually be able to have that event um, before that hit. But, um, and, 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 you know, the Persian ways, we go compliments back and forth. But this, <laughs> this is reality. I, you really are, and my husband and I, we are on the same page about this. But you are the humble one and very kind. And, and you um, just do everything with such great demure. And I could have not thought of a better person to help out in our event and by the way you guys he did everything from i mean it wasn't one or two things he really went out of his way so i'm oh, very blessed to have small you as a contribution of, but thank you as a part of our event but i really really appreciate it absolutely so, absolutely but uh now back to your question back to the question where did it begin for you so it began with very bad skin <laughs> bad skin it began with bad skin and um no and my mom had this beautiful skin and i don't know where the heck I got, you know, this horrible skin from when I was younger, mm. kept going to doctors and uh, doctors wanted to just give you antibiotics and prescriptions and this and that. And I was all about going the natural route. Okay. So um, as I got older, I studied a little bit of um, uh, chemistry and biology and kind of formatted all the benefits of um, caviar, well, you know, being Persian, caviar is just the way to go. That's the, you know? Yeah, that's the cream of the crop. <laughs> that's right. So I um, studied and learned a lot about caviar and how similar the cells of caviar is to our cells. Okay. And how quickly and more effective you'll see results on your skin as mm -hmm. opposed to maybe other ingredients. Okay. And um, caviar is completely drenched in marine collagen, mm -hmm. which is exactly what uh, we want in our skin. So it's kind of like a natural Botox. So, okay, so let me get this straight. How young are you at this point? I'm 20. No. You're, you're 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you look 20. I'm no. talking about at the time at which you're thinking about pursuing uh, this stuff. Okay, so it was... Are you in college at this time? It was my first to second year in college. And, uh, you know, I was digging deep, deeper into the concept of um, anything pretty. Okay. So, you know, skincare, beauty, yeah. I was going that route. Um, so you're in school and this is something you're thinking about pursuing, something in the healthcare industry. Yes. So my background, believe it or not, originally was marketing. Okay. Which, which is perfect for somebody that wants to, you know, launch a line. But I wasn't thinking of launching any lines back then. I was thinking of uh, starting a business in a completely different field. Got it. So um, I started to look into all things beauty because I just loved how we can um, absolutely convert ourselves uh, in so many different ways. Yes. Natural ways or um, in ways of makeup or cosmetics or mm -hmm. and what an impact it has on our self-esteem. It's huge, right? I it's mean, you huge. literally, I mean, depending upon how you dress, mm -hmm. how you present yourself, your hair, you can fundamentally change your whole state of mind. Absolutely. And that will set the entire tone for the rest of the day. Absolutely. And how you interact with other people and how the people perceive you. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of people disagree with me and you. They say, no, it has nothing to do with the clothes. No, it has nothing to do with how you present yourself. But I could not disagree any more than I am right now because I really <laughs> yep. feel that how you present yourself first impressions how you make 
allow yourself to feel Mm -hmm. when, um, you know, you put on that favorite dress of yours or put on a favorite shirt of yours or fix your hair the way you like, a fresh haircut, uh, anything. It really um, boosts, you know, your self-esteem and personality. Today I wore emerald green because it's one of my favorite colors and it makes me feel comfortable. Very stylish. Thank you. Very stylish, everybody. (laughs) And uh, you're also wearing one of my favorite colors, which is blue. So uh, it just, I think it impacts not only yourself, but people around you. It makes people around you feel great too. So um, yeah, so that's how the field somewhat started. And um, I was tired of taking medicine that the doctor was giving me because it wasn't natural. And then um, fast forwarding into... So real quick, so at this time, you're in college, you are not happy with your skin... You don't want to take antibiotics. You probably don't want it was what was the other one? Proactive. <laughs> yeah. Right. The the one the, that would come on TV at twelve TV. o'clock at night exactly. because you're depressed and you're sitting up watching these. <laughs> and you're touching your face <laughs> and eating chocolate. Right. Um so you find yourself at a at sort of a crossroads as to what you want to do in life and you pursue a path of health and beauty and yes. you start to go down some investigation around product lines at that point. Absolutely. I went into investigation of uh, ingredients and um, what type of ingredients or raw material really allows you to get the um, benefits of having better skin in a natural route. Um, The quickest ways, because, you know, especially as women, we want to sleep, wake up and have a different face (laughs) or, you know, (laughs) or look completely different. This is just, we want quick gratification. Unfortunately, there's no such thing in the world as, uh, you know, uh, kind of getting that quick of a gratification, but caviar would really be the closest thing to closest it. thing yeah so you found that through those particular ingredients that there was some success and that that could benefit you personally Absolutely. was that the first intent so did you end up finding another product on the market that you liked that you used at the time no actually um it's very interesting it didn't go that route um i spoke with a biochemist and we started to do extracts of caviar. Okay. We would mix it with glycerin, which of course glycerin is required for any type of creams to be able to kind of spread it along your, you know, face or, or body. Okay. And, um, you know, without even doing any kind of bacteria growth or testing behind it, we tested it, you know, ourselves, just, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. And uh, we got it to a point where, wow, you know, the higher percentage that we can go with caviar, of course, we had to get massive approvals right. once we wanted to introduce it to the market. But um, the the higher the percentage of caviar, the better the result. And this led into um, a little fun empire. A little I fun empire. Yeah. Now, where did this um, this passion for business come from? I mean, did you tell me a little bit about your upbringing and your in your family? Did you come from a family that was in business that had you know, this drive for entrepreneurship was a little bit more traditional in the sense of, you know, you go to school, you get a job and you stay there and that's that. So um, a a little bit of both, I guess. My father was a lieutenant or captain uh, in Iran, which there's different terminology and it's somewhat, um, it's a little difficult difficult to translate what it would be here, but it was something between a lieutenant or a sergeant um, uh, back home. So we were raised with a lot of, 
you know, you got to be on time and you got to stand behind your word and you have to do this and this and right. this. So uh, you have to, you know, being on time was a major thing. That so was everything, right? It was everything. It's huge. Huge. Uh, and then my m mother, she was, uh, her education was actually quite incredible. She uh, studied in London and Oxford and, you know, she learned translations and uh, uh, different languages to translate and um, leading to a lot of very, very big opportunities yeah. with um, a, a lot of very big people in the world. So nice. uh, I was fortunate enough to um, experience from their experiences and, you know, pick up the little things, the benefits from both my mother and father and mm -hmm. incorporate that in myself. And once um, I studied, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do growing up until uh, I started to go into the aspect of uh, business and marketing. Right. And then you just kind of pick up you get little uh, personal experiences. You grab those niches mm -hmm. and you realize what you want to do. Right. And I was able to incorporate some of that. My mom was all about beauty and all about learning cultures and languages. And so, you know, that all went into consideration of um, how I kind of picked up with the caviar being a very uh, luxurious uh, item and yeah. incorporating the Persian background and, mm -hmm. you know, so I had, you know, a lot, so many opportunities working with Rolls Royce of London. And this all goes back to, um, you know, I think my mom. Right. So, uh, yeah, I picked up a lot yeah, of things you know, here and there. I, I, I don't know if I can build, say one particular thing, but right. I think it was uh, a lot of personal experiences between my mom, dad, and I, and I was able to kind of incorporate. Yeah, it was a great foundation. Mm -hmm. Were you the only child? No, I'm the only daughter, though, which is horrible. Really? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's such a wonderful thing, and they treat yeah. you like a princess. No. <laughs> so siblings, what do you have? I have three brothers, two older, one younger. Okay. Um, uh, my two older brothers have um, fantastic uh, jobs that I admire. My younger brother uh, also has a fantastic job that I admire, and um, we're all in very different fields of work. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my younger brother was, I felt like it was my own child I was raising. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got to experience that aspect since I don't have any children of my own. And uh, my two older brothers kind of build empires of their own, too. Wow, this is a, a this is just a solid family. I mean, just <laughs> solid uh, solid foundation, right? What I always find to be remarkable is that um, everybody I've ever spoken to, it seems like so much comes out of their childhood, you know, and it all starts with their family structure and some of the things that they picked up, whether good or bad, from their parents. Um, but generally, you know, the parents just set this tone in the household. You know, you talk about you know, your father and uh, the importance of being on time. And I couldn't agree more with you. It's, um, I mean, we're no one's perfect, right? We, we run, obviously, sometimes we run late. Um, but it's the difference between, you know, running late and giving that person a courtesy heads up, like, hey, I'm so sorry, I'm running just a little bit behind, yes. I'll be there momentarily, versus you just show up like 30 minutes late. Right. No, I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> it's everything. Yeah. It's everything. And uh, on that on that note itself, just to take it one step further, I always look at it as um, sometimes we think about it as showing respect for the other person, which I do agree in. That's it's definitely important. But 
before that, it's showing respect in yourself and how you value your time and your brand. Absolutely. And so I couldn't agree more, but it's interesting, right? Imagine if you grew up in an environment where that wasn't emphasized. Mm-hmm. You know, you might then, you know, get into your adulthood life or get into business where you know firsthand that's very important and not have that trait, that skill, that Absolutely. characteristic. I look at it as, as building a home, right? If your foundation right. is solid, mm-hmm. that home will last forever and it's not going to tilt like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Right. Uh, you know, it's going to be something solid. And uh, I've been blessed to to really have a solid um, foundation with my parents and and um, other family members too in, in my life. So I just overall feel blessed. Yeah, it, that's remarkable. A lot to be thankful for, for sure. So you have this great foundation, you get into school, you, you find that you have this passion, and then talk about some of the early steps of creating that business. What was the most challenging for you when, was it, was it financial, was it technical skills, was it competency? Because when you're starting a business, there's so many different things that that are involved in that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of moving parts. Right. What was it for you? I think it was a little bit of everything you just mentioned because, um, you know, developing a product or a, a company is the, I think, the easiest part. Right. But actually growing it from there and introducing it to the world is the hardest part. You're, um, you have a marketing background and you know everything has to do with marketing. Mm-hmm. Everything has to do with how you present a product to the world. And um, I, I don't feel that you have a, uh, a second impression. Your first impression is the most important. And people really look before even the, what I've noticed in my company, and o- and I only say this because um, with the TV shows that I've had for the last 21 years, people put me behind my product. So uh, if you um, portray your company the way you want to portray it, right. I think everybody else will see it in the same eye and the same light. So, um, yes, I've had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, I think the most difficult, um, of course, financially, because it takes a lot of, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of uh, good uh, financial background to really build. And right. Not to discourage anybody that doesn't have that because, you know, I didn't really have that because I wanted to do it on my own. Yes, I always had my family to back me up, but I did not want that. And I never took one cent from them to build my company. Mm-hmm. So I started from zero. I started from platforms that I knew I could advertise for free. Okay. And, um, you know, just started to build up from there. And then when I was able to save enough, I started the TV show and then the TV show kind of boomed from there because it was a whole new concept. And I made sure everybody saw the owner behind it and presenting it every step of the way. I like that. Before we talk about the TV show, which is you know definitely a, a topic I want to touch on, let me go back a little bit because you, what you're really talking about is before you're a brand, you have a brand, you are the brand. Exactly. Right? Your first and last name and how you carry yourself, how you present yourself, what message that you put out there, the story that you tell, mm-hmm. right? Do you feel that some people um, kind of, miss that point nowadays do you feel like people are more starting to better understand that they're one and the same or do you still feel like there's a disconnect between the person and the entity you know um that can go either way there's a lot of companies that like to portray themselves as being edgy but 
I mean, I know a few people, on, um, you know, myself, mm -hmm. but when you know them, they're nothing like that at all. They're actually quite conservative. So I, I think being true to your brand is so important or else you have to pretend all the time. Yes. I think it's tiring. It's yes. kind of like lying and forgetting your lies, you know? So it gets, it gets it's to exhausting. be a full-time <laughs> job, you know? Yeah. Um, but everything I portray from my company, I, I think I've um, solidly stood behind it, you know? Um, a lot of people could pick up different things from it, you know? Maybe the way you look at something might be different the way the person next to you looks at it. You know, we all look at the same thing in so many different lights. But I've tried really hard to portray um, my company the way I am myself. And I guess I shouldn't say I've tried really hard. It's been very natural for me. Yeah. Um, well, maybe more, con you're just conscientious about it. I am more conscientious. Right. So, and that has pros and cons. Um, you know, the pros are that I feel like I'm not working. I'm just being myself. The cons are that, you know, sometimes you want to just let loose a little bit and enjoy yourself. And, you know, unfortunately you get judged for that, but yeah. it's just being human. You yeah. know, you feel like you can't, you know, go to a restaurant and have a glass of wine without being judged or, mm -hmm. you know, have a little bit, you know, have a little bit of fun on your birthday without being judged. So yes, there are a lot of pros and cons and I have gone, gone through a lot of, uh, ups and downs, um, with that, but I just let go of that many years ago thinking, you know, anybody can look at you however they want. Right. You just got to continue being yourself and, you know, just hope that they'll understand that because we all have that. You yeah, know? it's it's a very interesting time, right? Um, you know, the reality is, is that you're not ever going to please anybody, everybody right. in this world. Absolutely. Right. And um, that's just, it's just a fact. Um, but it is interesting. And I do like the fact that you're one of those individuals that's very conscientious about it and thoughtful and aware because, you know, for example, when I'm teaching my students and we're having this top, this conversation about personal branding before you're a brand, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always trying to emphasize with them that it's in, it's, it's neither considered good or bad as to what you put out there. It's just being conscientious about what you're putting out there and being defensible of it. I mean, if you want to act a certain way, that's fine. That's your choice. But just understand what the pros and the cons are and the potential ramp. Yeah, right. the repercussions, right, uh, of what that is. And as long as you understand it and then you still make that decision, mm -hmm. then that's fine. Exactly. But if you're doing these things and not fully understanding all the potential, you know, pitfalls, mm -hmm. then that's where we need to have a conversation. Because there's sometimes, I don't know, you, you tell me what you think about this. I feel like sometimes there's a disconnect between our imagination and our reality. Mm -hmm. And let me explain. Our imagination of ourselves might be we're this loving, caring, inclusive person. We're doing all this good work out there. We're this type of person. But then the reality is in terms of what we put out there from a messaging perspective, it's just totally opposite. And so there's this disconnect between right. what we think and what we're actually doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You, Absolutely. I, I agree. And I can't tell you how many people that I've actually helped guide, you know, as they're starting their business. And, um, you know, for example, um, I'm, I was helping somebody start uh, their company almost a year ago, okay. um, just before COVID. And, um, you know, they kept portraying themselves, let's say, on social media, which okay. social media has become a platform for all of us. And, um, and you and are I a powerhouse on <laughs> social media for, for our <laughs> listeners out there you're, you're gonna get the link but she's a powerhouse you're, you're not gonna want to miss out 
<laughs> You're very kind. My my social media, by the way, is is truly uh, uh, multiple of uh, definitions of who I am uh, mm-hmm. and um, genuinely who I am. So th- thank you. Um, but I I noticed that this person is starting a business and it's a conservative business, but she's not portraying uh, you know her social media in that way. Okay. So people couldn't take her seriously. Mm. And. Um, not to say it's not okay to have fun and, uh, you know, absolutely. But make sure those two platforms are separate. Make sure if you're portraying your company name, not Mm. to have your company name and your personal together in one social media, because those have to be separate. And a lot of times in my case, I have more followers on my personal because people want to see the name behind the label. And I do portray myself the same way on my personal as I do on my business where I try my best to right. um, because that's really important. You it's know? huge. And, you know, nowadays there's just a lack of anonymity, mm-hmm. right? I mean, unless, you know, you could rewind the tape to the like 1990 and probably right. get away with right. <laughs> an alias and, that's you true. know, you can act this way and act professional over here and have this disconnect. But nowadays... Google search will quickly allow you to figure out these people and what they're really about. And if there's a disconnect uh, between their personal brand and their business, then it could honestly lead to that company not getting business. Right. No, that's very true. Right. I remember it. Um, do you remember a story some years back where there was a Taco Bell executive that was in an Uber and oh, there was yes, some yes. altercation with the Uber. This was early days Uber, I believe. And um, they found this guy. Mm-hmm. He turned out to be this Taco Bell exec. And he lost his job. And yeah. he went out for a night of partying and drinking. And Do next you thing you know. That? Do you remember that? It was so disturbing. Yeah, it really was. And so now his, his, his behavior, which was inappropriate, you know, led to him losing his job. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, rightfully done, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that story like it was yesterday because it was so disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is the same exact reason why people lose endorsements. Celebrities lose endorsements right. because they don't want the way they act to portray what they stand for. And, um, you know, as an owner, I think is really important. If you choose to take that big step to start a business, you have to know everything that comes with it as well. Absolutely. So you took all these steps in the beginning. I love the fact that you were self-funded um, because... One of the things I, I talk to my students about, again, going back to them as a, as a base here, is that, you know, you can definitely get loans and, and you can invite money from outsiders, but then what you're also inviting is their voice. Right, yes. You know, there's yes. no free lunch, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you could take that $10,000 check, but you've now just welcomed <laughs> 10,000 opinions on how you can, you know, True. run your business, right? Because they feel like they've bought themselves a voice. So um, it's important to have um, an understanding about if you're going to take in money, you know, what's that voice and things like that. But you did this on your own. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you bootstrapped the business and uh, you kind of built from there. So let's fast forward to this TV show. So can I um, please point a finger at something that I think is very important that has happened? You were talking about the pros and cons for me to mention um, that I've gone through from the business. One thing that I think is very, um, it's kind of odd for for me to say is inspirational for me, but I think it's beneficial for everybody to learn from. When uh, When I had built the company and it actually got to a place where it had already been international, there was a company that copied my company. The greatest compliment of all and the greatest nightmare. <laughs> That's what we, exactly. It's a double-edged sword. 
But there was a company that um, copied my company, and I was so discouraged to the point where I was going to absolutely give up. Really? It really. Because, a larger company? Um, not a larger company, but a larger name. And uh, you just felt discouraged because they were the bigger individual. fish? Individual. Okay. Right. And I just felt discouraged. And I told my husband, I said, how am I ever going to compete with this? You know, this person is, you know, everybody knows this person. And I can't believe that people, you know, uh, don't realize, you know, the lies that they're, you know, saying or using my company's name because my company um, switched names because we started to use gold caviar. Then we went over to the name of, you know, golden caviar. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's so important not to give up as many times as I wanted to give up, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger because of that. I was able to grow threefold. Really? Do you feel like that was just like your jet fuel? I think it was was your oxygen. I think that was, and I have to thank my, my mom and my husband for this because they told me, you know, competition is good. And I actually talked about this when I was up on stage for the anniversary of my company Mm -hmm. and it made me emotional just uh, talking about it because I remember everything I went through and uh, they told me, don't give up, you know, competition is good. It makes you grow. It makes you become stronger. And that is, there's so much truth behind yeah. that, not to give up when things get harder because, you know, that's the easy way out. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think that a healthy amount of adversity could be very beneficial to you because, you know, let's say, for example, you're already on top. If you don't have anybody to chase, you mean, are you really going to push yourself to the potential that you have? But for me, it's like if you have somebody that's in front of you, whatever, you know, figuratively speaking or whatever, you have something to chase, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest advices I can always give is uh, there's going to come up 10 times or 100 times you want to give up. Mm-hmm. And every time you don't give up, I think it makes you so much stronger. And Absolutely. competition is healthy. we got to always, you know, up our game. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to do that unless we know there's competition. 100% agree with you. Yes. So it sounds like you upped your game with a TV show. Because <laughs> I don't know if your competitor had the TV show. So let's talk about the show. Sure. Now, at this point, is it fair to say that you had the business in play? Yes. Okay. And how long were you in business at that point prior to the show? I would say about two years. Two years in, yes. and then you're thinking, let's launch a TV show? Right. It, you know, the business had launched already, and I used a lot of free platforms to market. But I had saved up enough money from the sales to um, start a small TV show. Okay. And, and I started small because, you know, media um, television is one of the most expensive ways to market. Right. But I started with one show, and it just you know, kind of grew and I did a second show and a third show. And was this pre YouTube? Mm, I think so. I mean, yeah, and, I and, think and the so. only reason why I ask is because I mean, the let's bar- say 17 years ago. I think so. Thereabouts. Right. I think the reason why I bring it up is because, you know, from a technology perspective, the costs, mm-hmm. the barrier of entry is much higher. Right. You know, nowadays, as you know, I mean, if you want to record a video, it's, um, yeah, there's a small investment, but you can invest and you can launch it and publish it and it's on its way, right? right. Now you just focus on marketing. Mm-hmm. But back then, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of vision that goes into that. Right. Right. There is. So yeah. you, you put the money in, mm-hmm. 
you pull this together, what's your first TV show look like and who's watching this? Right. So, you know, originally when I started, um, I started off giving a percentage of the sales. Okay. So that was the only way I could do it because I didn't have the funding for the marketing at that time. And then some time went by and the TV show did really well. And then I thought, "Hmm, I don't want to give a percentage of my sales and company to the studio. I think, you know, it's time to start your own show. Okay. So I produced and directed my own shows and, um, and you know, little by little, that's how it grew. Went from Mm -hmm. one show a week to two shows a week. <clears throat> excuse me, to, um, you know, a lot of other opportunities that came from the show. Yeah. So when you start this show, uh, did they have uh, an opportunity to then, you know, produce this for you and put the show in front of an audience that they already had? How did you, like, what was that audience? Right. Um. So, yes, uh, you know, th- it, it just really depends on what time of day and what station that you're on and you're bringing in that market of people okay so if i'm on a persian station and you know let's say during the middle of the day okay i'm bringing in a persian market with with housewives okay. because it's the middle of the day and if they're at home watching the tv you know watching their tv most probably it's either their day off or um their moms or housewives okay so you know what how i present the show is going to be a little bit different than if I'm presenting it at five or six o'clock when people are home from work. Got it. So, um, yeah, I kind of, you know, I, I learned all this on my own. I picked up on little, you know, different things. Right. Um, and then I started to bring in the mail market because obviously my field and my work and my products gear towards women maybe a little bit more than men. Mm-hmm. So then I started to gear in, you know, to the mail market thinking, you know, this line is for men and women right. because caviar cells are similar to human cells, not just women's. Right. So hey, men want to look good too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so the show, was it being aired in Iran or was it being aired in the U.S.? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the distribution. So it was, in, it's an international show. Okay. So it's worldwide and uh, anybody pretty much that had satellite could watch the show, Got no matter it. what part of the world you're at. And then, um, you know, as years went on, I realized what market and what parts of the world brought in a bigger market of people and okay. then you know as you know we put a little bit more funding into certain areas uh, of marketing and or a certain country or a certain demographic and mm-hmm. you know just kind of uh, did go from that. there yeah so how do you handle so is it fair to say you have uh, sort of an international distribution yes. set up right now yes we have uh we're uh, we're luckily all over the world, so everybody can find our products anywhere they go. We have 13 distributors worldwide okay. and growing. Um, so, yes, I mean, we are we pretty much anywhere in the world you are, you can find us, whether it's on our website or through our representatives or through international Amazon right. or um, through the TV shows and, and our office. Nice. Yeah. I love it. And so... That allows um, people in these different markets to be able to buy from distributors that bring your product in, essentially. Right. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, like with wines, right? Mm -hmm. You'll sometimes you'll look at the label and you'll say, oh, it's imported by this organization because it's outside the U.S., for example. Right, absolutely. Very cool. Now, recently just, uh, I I can't say I just launched the YouTube, but um, I'm putting a lot of time into our YouTube now, so... For anybody that doesn't get an opportunity to see the shows, 
um, or if they're at work, yeah. they can come home and watch all of our shows on YouTube. Now, are you taking some of the existing shows that you're doing today and pulling those down or repurposing them on YouTube, or is this net new content that you're doing? So um, a lot of people really enjoy watching the shows that, that, that we show on TV because we have the opportunity of incorporating, you know, close-ups or um, graphics, you know, things to that right. nature. So we basically use the same show that they, you know, they watch on TV on our YouTube so they get, you know, an opportunity to scroll back and maybe jot down some notes and names of products that they want. Nice. And how many products do you have in the... <laughs> you know, thereabouts, I would say. Sure. So our caviar line is very specific. Okay. And we do have a caviar lifting and firming serum, which is our most popular. It's what I call the baby of the company. And the company started with this product. Yeah. We have a caviar hydrating night cream, a, a caviar day cream, and a caviar eye gel. Um, those are our main caviar products. Then we launched a hair loss uh, line, okay. which is almost boomed. I would say equivalently to our caviar line. Yeah. And we started a supplement line. Then we started a makeup line and, uh, you know, and it kind of grew it's from huge, there. huge, right? I mean, yeah. the, the industry, it's my understanding that, you know, um, sort of the health and beauty is a $300 billion a year industry. Right. Yes. Right? My concept is beauty from inside out. And that's why we have the supplements as well as the topicals. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So how many years has it been for you running the business now? This year, we went into our 21st year. 21st years. That is a long time. And I was time. able to celebrate my 20th with you. You did. <laughs> you did. That was an amazing event. That was such a such a, um, a cool gathering of a lot of just individuals from all walks of life um, that you've known. With a cool host, I might well, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> You're too kind. You're too kind. Um, but what, it was a cool event. You know, you brought Thank together you. a lot of different people from all over. And um, I definitely could have done it on my own. And it was just a, um, you know, a, a multitude of people that made it happen. So there's no way yeah. I could have done this on my own. Yeah. But, you know, like I said earlier, it does speak volumes to your character, mm. you know, to be able to pull together a lot of people um, from all over the place. It just shows that, you know, ever since you started that business, you've been building you know, you've been building your personal brand, you've been building, you know, Golden Caviar skincare, you've been cultivating personal relationships, you know, and it's all those things working together that has brought you to this place in time. Absolutely. I think what I um, enjoyed the most out of all of it was the personal relationships. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you may not see or talk to all these people all the time, but you've left a, um, hopefully left a great impression and a great memory of the time that you guys did have together. And when, you know, you can always just pick up where you left off when you see these people. So they, they sit well with you. I love that. It reminds me of something I heard years ago, which said, people won't remember what you said, mm -hmm. but they will remember how you made them feel. Yes. And that's very, very I, true. I agree. I agree. And you know, in, in business, there's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be people that may not be your cup of tea, but still at the end of the day, there is, it's, there's so much importance behind, um, still treating everybody wonderfully and not burning that bridge no matter what happens. Correct. Uh, and I think that's what makes you not only a good businessman or a woman, but it teaches you a lot in life too. 
Absolutely. And do you have any sneak previews? What's what's ahead for your business? I mean, mm. for those listening, what's <laughs> ahead? What do you what do you have up your sleeves? Right. So actually, I'm working on a couple of very big projects okay. um, with a couple of um, very well known companies. So hopefully, I'll be able to talk about that more very soon. Okay. Um, we are growing into more countries to be able to uh, distribute in all international countries. So we're always looking for great uh, distributors, um, people that have knowledge in, you know, skincare or beauty or hair or just the knowledge in business. Uh, So we're always looking for that. Anybody can always contact us to be distributors. And we have very, very, very high benefits for distributors. It's not uh, average benefits. Um, Nice. um, those are always great. So yes, we're building the company um, and um, kind of wearing off into a lot of different um, departments. So yeah, uh, we're trying to keep it fun. I like it. I like <laughs> it. And where can people find you and your company for our listeners? So um, you can always find us on our website, which is uh, goldencaviarskincare.com. You can always find us on Amazon. You can always find us on um, TV, which uh, if you go on our Instagram, you can get all that information. Our Instagram is also Golden Caviar Skincare, Facebook, all the social media platforms. You're all over. I love over. it. I'm all over. People love it or hate it. I don't know. No, I think it's, I think it's great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we make it very accessible. You know, if, if you want people to find your products, you got to be accessible. And we are. So you can find us almost everywhere. Google. You can Google us. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a go-to of mine for sure. Yes. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to thank be on today's show. Me. It's so good to see you in person after so long. Yes. And um, hopefully we're we're kind of quickly moving away from the, yes. <laughs> the COVID yes. era. Yes. And, um, you know, I do want to say I do appreciate your time and I mean that I mean you you're always go 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 and you know it's great having you on the show with your years of experience in business and I'm hoping that uh, some of our listeners took away a few things that they could uh, apply in their own journey thank you and I actually have to say this that I've actually learned a lot from you and you might not know this but uh, you actually taught me a lot um, when we were kind of going through the the events together and you took time out of your very, very busy schedule. And I know how busy you are. And you've taught me a lot of things. So I, I you know, took that with me. So th- I have to thank you a lot, too, for your well, time. You, and thank you for having me. Thank today. you, Puna. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too.